everybody. My name is Chase Whitney. And this is Kyle Cameron. And you are listening to episode three of the Chase and Kyle Master the Market podcast. We are two realtors in the Southern California market and want to create a resource for all things relating to real estate. We're going to hit on a few topics each episode, but our plan is to keep them brief. As we know, everyone's schedules are busier than ever. In our third episode, we would like to welcome Miss Janique Hopkins as our first guest. Hey guys, happy to be here. Yeah, Janique is a local title rep here in Southern California with Western Resources Title and is here to discuss title, what it is, and why you need it. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Chase and Kyle Master of the Market podcast is produced weekly, and show notes are found on our website, chaseandkylepodcast.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RRS feed. Sorry. Or RSS, either one. RSS feed (laughs) or uh, iTunes. You can follow our show on Twitter at Chase and Kyle. Chase and Kyle. With just the N and Facebook. All links are in the show notes as well. So now let's get into the show. So Janique, thanks again for being here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So what, uh, what is title insurance? So title insurance is something that we all have to have in the state of California when we buy or sell real estate. It's required. However, it's an important part of the transaction. So um, what title insurance is going to do is it's going to, it's insurance um, that's going to cover anything that happens um, to the property. If you have that post policy coverage, make sure there's, um, you know, everything's covered after the, the close of escrow. Sure. So, like, what what uh, what would it protect you against, for example, on a on that post policy type coverage? So, there's a lot of different coverages that title insurance will cover you. We have um, the ability. So, if there's any easements, encroachments, permit issues, um, liens, judgments, anything like that would happen to you and come up after you close escrow, you would have that insurance coverage. So, that would be our liability to cover that, okay. and you wouldn't be liable for that. So just to clarify one thing with an easement or a, or an encroachment, like you said, what an example of that would be like a, like a telephone pole in the backyard. Correct. So that would be an easement. Um, there's different types of easements um, and encroachments, such as the neighbors have a fence on your property. A boundary dispute, something like boundary that. Boundary disputes, okay. those kind of things that can lead into a lot of money um, if they are taken to court yeah. or anything like that. So we would cover things like that. Um, permit issues, so unpermitted things that need to be brought up to code after we close escrow after we close okay. escrow right. things like that so those are all types of things that title insurance would cover okay. something that's also important is say for instance your sellers put a pool in and six months after you take possession of the property someone comes knocking on your door and um says that you know there was something still owed or like like a lien or something like that. Yeah. There's a lien and say that it wasn't, you know, after we look at the prelim and everything, it wasn't taken care of before the close of escrow. You know, that's also something we would cover because it was something we missed. Would that be a pool from the, from the previous owners? Or if you say, if I went out and bought a house and decided to put a pool in, am I covered for anything for there? If I'm the one that puts the pool in, or is it only if the previous seller puts it in? So say the previous seller puts in a pool and they have a construction company that comes out and does that, but maybe they don't pay um, the full, you know, they still owe that company some some money money, um, and there's a mechanics lien or something like that that's put on the property, um, a judgment of some sort, something like that. We most likely pull that up and be able to catch it 
prior to closing escrow. But if something like that were to linger or maybe not hit until, um, you know, we weren't able to see that before yeah. we closed and it hit and it came to light after buyer took possession of a property, that's where that also the insurance okay. comes in to, that's that would to be our liability. Gotcha. That's very good to know. So Janique, what are, what are some of the difference? What are the different types of policies that, that people can get? If, if I'm a, a first time home buyer coming in and I want to buy, you know, my first $350,000 house, what, what am I, what am I getting? So the coverage that's called for in the California state in your residential purchase contract um, is the homeowner's policy when it's a single family resident. So that's the coverage that you're going to get. It's called our homeowner's policy. Um, and that's a fully encompassing policy that's going to cover you up until the close of escrow and after uh, the close of escrow for the life that you own the property. Okay. Now, on the contracts, and we'll talk more about this in a different episode also, there are two separate title policies. So which one, who, who pays for the one that you're referring to? Is that the seller's cost so or a buyer's cost? here in Southern California, I know it's different than pretty much everywhere else. Right. <laughs> That's why it's so odd. But seller does pay majority of the title policy. So um, they're actually paying for the buyer's policy. You know, it's kind of like someone else picking and paying for your car insurance, you know, because that insurance is you're having it for the life that you have the property, but that's the way it's constructed here in Southern California. Um, the buyer will pay a small title fee if they have a loan. And now, and what's the difference in the two policies then? What what is the buyer's, the lender policy cover then? Seller's policy is going to be the homeowner's or the buyer's policy. Once they take possession of the property for the life that they own the property and the, um, policy that the buyer would pay for it only if they have a loan is a lender's policy. So the lender's requiring that policy. Gotcha. So if it's paid in all cash, it will not be a buyer's title policy. And now does that cover the same items or is it different coverages for that the lender's policy? It's similar, but basically the lender wants to ensure that they're in first position. In case anything should happen down the road. Yeah. Right. So they they want it they want that insurance that they're the first uh, lien holder on that property. Okay. More protection for the for the banks then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought? So, do you have an example of something that uh, of a of a story where title insurance came in and sort of saved the day or, or helped out? Dun, dun, dun. Well, I'll give you an example of something that happened recently, and um, this scenario happens to pertain to an air conditioning unit that was put in by the seller and they pulled a permit to put that unit in. They put the per, the new unit in and everything, sold the property, buyer, you know, closes escrow, takes possession of the property and a month or two down the line gets a letter in the mail from the city stating that the permit was never finalized with them. Gotcha. Hmm. So it was brought to my attention because we were the title company that um, issued the policy on that. And turned that into my office and, um, there is a claims process. So we had to, um, finalize that permit and bring it up to code because we do cover permit issues. At basically no charge to the buyer except for the deductible. Right. Correct. It's insurance people. You still have to pay your deductible. There's a few deductibles, (laughs) but correct. Now, is that something that wouldn't have been caught throughout escrow or is that something that is kind of retroactively found you found out because they came knocking asking for your permit and you know what the heck 
Yeah, with permits, it's all dealt through the city. So in this particular city, there's no city involvement when there's a sale. Got it. So in some cities there are, but in this particular city there wasn't. So we really have no connection to the city or what permits have you know, really been pulled or anything. We can't see those because they're not recorded items. So then what, what's the process? Now, I know you said you have a your claims department steps in and kind of takes care of it, but what's the, what's the process that the buyer would see? Would they be involved at all with that? Or is it kind of a behind closed doors and they get, it gets taken care of and you know, it, it's, it's done for the buyers. Um, they would be involved somewhat okay. um, just during the claims process. Yeah. And um, they would be involved as well as, Probably the agent okay. at that point, and just about, to help. On that particular story, how, I mean, was it a, a, a lengthy process, or was it relatively simple to to find a solution to it? Um, it was a, a simple um, process. I think it was Good. easily rectified. Good. What I know, some people are going to be asking questions about this. Probably is sort of what what's your guys' involvement during escrow? Because I know sometimes, I mean, Chase, you and I, we both close a few deals in our in our careers. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we're pretty involved with title. Sometimes we don't talk to title at all. What is kind of your process? What's the best case scenario? What's sort of a worst case scenario? So our involvement in the transaction is we're sort of the police of the transaction. We are looking at all um, things that would affect a property. So when we open it, uh, when you guys open an escrow, we collect social security numbers and things like that from the seller. And Keep we're in a vault. <laughs> very confidential. We pulverize <laughs> everything in our office. So, we run those social securities because there are things that can legally attach to a property that maybe even the seller is not aware of. So, you know, judgments, this is child support judgments, spousal support judgments, credit card judgments, um, things like HOA liens, mechanics liens. I mean, the list can go on and on, not to mention like list pendences and things like that, that, you know, when there's any sort of court action or court case. So there's a lot of things that we're looking for because all those things are going to have to be taken care of prior to our close of escrow. Okay. So would the, if, if one of these popped up, the seller, would they be able to pay these from their proceeds of the sale? Yes. Or would they have to pay it up front? Yes. So say we get a couple of hits once those once those social security numbers come in and you know, it's a $10,000 credit card judgment that can be paid out of their net proceeds at the end of escrow. So as long as we get that demand in from that company stating exactly how much is owed to them, we can pay them and all is, you know, we've cleared that and we'll record all the releases to clear that from their name as well. So then after they close, then the any proceeds that the sellers get from that are pretty much theirs to keep and nothing else it can come back afterwards. They would have gotten brought up in that title report, right? Correct. So we'll close it out, make sure all the proper things are recorded to close that out, and they would get anything after that. Okay. So then kind of talking about, you know, we just talked about what happens in escrow with title. So the last last step or two before a buyer gets their keys, the first one is, of course, bringing in their their final wire, which if you go back to the first episode, we can kind of talk about, or we, we talk about what is wire fraud and how to protect yourself from becoming suspect to that. And um, so, but moving forward, so the, the buyers bring in their final wire and then title has to record that or, or record the, the deed at the county. So how does that work? How does that process kind of happen? 
So, yes, back to what I was saying in the beginning, we run the prelims. And meanwhile, escrow is working on collecting all the everything for us. And at the end, um, we get the money. We set up all the documents for recording. So escrow is going to send us all those final um, grant deeds, transferring it over to the buyer, things that they sign. And we set up the recordings on that. We cannot release the recording until we have the funding for the loan or for the property. We have to have all money into our office. And then we will release the the documents for recording. So we will never record something without having the money in hand. Um, and then once we have that, we set that recording up. Once we get confirmation back of recording from the county, the county that it's in, then we will release a confirmation back to escrow, letting them know that we are closed and confirmed and they can notify the agent that they can pass the keys over. So the money goes, you guys control the money. Correct. So we cl- we control the money. We get the money. We make all the payoffs that are necessary to, again, those liens, judgments, loans, taxes, everything. Then we will send whatever's left over back to escrow for them to cut net proceed checks and things like that. Okay. So when the wire comes in from from the lender and also from the buyer, the buyer usually sends the money straight to escrow. Does the lender send their money to escrow also, or do they send that straight to you guys? So the lender will send their wire directly to us. Escrow will let us know that it's coming. Um, So a loan will fund, and usually the wire doesn't come in for an hour to two hours after that. So we actually have to wait for the physical wire to come into our office. So we're looking for that. Once that hits, that's when we'll set everything up. Um, escrow will hold the buyer's money because we're sending money back to escrow after, right, after it's been dispersed right. and stuff. Okay. Typically the amount of the loan is enough to pay everything off. So Typically. They don't... If we're short, we will ask escrow to send us uh, additional money, funds. additional okay. money. But it's not quite as common or as, as needed. Right? Not in today's market when it was like the short sell market and things like that. Distressed then, properties and yeah. stuff. Right. Distressed yeah. properties. So, you know, case by case, but typically in this market, we the lender the fund the lender's money is enough so uh, another question that that um we're kind of wondering about before can title be overturned after the fact so once those documents are recorded they are not able to overturn a recorded document so you know sometimes there's disputes between sellers and buyers and things like that once those documents are recorded putting um you know a grant deed is the title to your property. So once that grant deed is reported, that's like your pink slip, like your car pink slip. That's your ownership of that property. So once that's recorded and um, there's no taking that back or erasing it or anything like that. um, So it's a done deal at that point. So then after it's recorded, then the only way to change title or transfer title or or any number of situations, it has to be done with all parties involved. It can't be kind of removed from out from under you without your notification. Correct. Yeah, we'd have to have your signature on the next transfer deed or grant deed to transfer. And that's notarized as well? Yes. Okay. How long how long does it typically take for title to get from the county back to the now new owner? That original deed? Yeah. That's so recorded? when they go yeah, the original deed that was recorded. So what we send you know, in the case of LA County, we physically send the talk the, the papers in a bag up to the county at four PM. Grocery bag or a, like a ziplock? <laughs> like a messenger bag. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, 
that's opened and they record um, the next day at 8 a.m. So those physical documents are going up to the Norwalk County Recorder's Office. So once the county records those documents, they will process them and send them to the new owner. And they say up to 90 days. Typically, it's about 30 to 45 days. The the copies uh, of them. Yeah, they'll get those original copies. And, and in that in that process, the funding and recording can can vary county to county, um, but it, the the process is relatively similar. Yeah. So when the buyers get that that letter in the mail that, hey, spend eighty nine dollars to get your copy of of your title, you shouldn't spend that money. Correct. Do not pay for any sort of property profile, any copies of your documents. There's never charge for that. Um, don't pay for a homestead. There's a lot of things you'll get in the mail that are going to ask you for money for certain things. Those are not necessary. I just refinanced my property and these companies are preying on people. I think they see a title change of, of any sort. They just get inundated with and letters. Get inundated and, with letters. and so, yeah, definitely stay away from those. Sounds like a few more fraudsters. Uh oh. <laughs> um, actually, you Chase, you mentioned wire fraud earlier in this episode, um, and also if you guys remember that was our first episode. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go back and download it. Is there any protections that title insurance offer for wire fraud? So unfortunately, there's you know once a wire is sent, it's sent. So we have no way of of really tracking it. We only see wires that hit our account. Um, so, you know, and we haven't had too many instances where, you know, the wire we're sending to escrow, I mean, we deal with a lot of the same escrows and things like that. So we're pretty aware of where we're sending money. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot of much we can do with wire fraud. What I am seeing right now and where we can help is, you know, running a title check on your property and, you know, asking your agent to get um, a title check for you where you just would make sure, you know, if you start getting weird things in the mail and different people's names, you know, weird mail or anything like that, I would run a title check on your property. So we are seeing sometimes people recording documents onto properties or maybe it got attached to your property by mistake. Um, just making sure that the right recorded documents are on your property. So we're seeing, you know, notices of default or fake reconveyances or people trying to take, you know, fraudulently changing documents to say you're granting the property or portion of the property to somebody else um, and going down and recording that. You know, some of the county recorders don't check ID or don't check um, any sort of identification. They'll let anybody wow. come in and record something. So, you know, we can be extra vigilant. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely run that title check and just make sure all recorded documents on your property are the ones that you've signed. These fraudsters are everywhere. I tell oh, you, yeah. that's almost a good thing just to do once a year. Does it title check cost anything? Uh, no, it's free. Um, as long as, you know, the ag- real estate agent is you know, involved. So I would say contact a real estate agent and they can contact their title person to do that Absolutely. for you. That's a great idea. So as we kind of you know, wrap this, this episode up and, and, uh, and get moving, um, any odd questions or topics, anything that you've heard from an agent or a client, you're just kind of like, well, that's an interesting one. I get a lot of questions about, um, changing title. I would say that's probably my number one question I okay. get 
weekly is I have a client who wants to change title on their property. How do they do that? So are you seeing this? Is it, you know, if you're single and you got married or if you want to put it into a trust, something like that, a lot of different scenarios. So, you know, the husband qualified for the loan. So he was the only one on title, but wants to add wife later. Um, you know, want, Somebody wants to add their children to title. They want to change it into their trust. Okay. A lot of different scenarios. So um, those deeds can be drafted and recorded outside of a transaction. I definitely 100% recommend that you talk to the tax assessor's office to make sure there's not going to be a reassessment because anytime there's a title change, you can be reassessed in your property taxes. And, and real quick, I'll jump in there too. Um, tax assessor, it might be a scary scary word or a scary sounding <laughs> office. And I can you know, speak a lot for Orange County in that they're very easy to get a hold of. And they're actually quite helpful, um, much different than what you might think. But if you have any questions for the tax assessor about you know, a tax bill down the road, anything like that, they are quite helpful and very easy to get a hold of. Yeah, definitely. And also talk to just your accountant, any legal... Um you know, counsel that you might have about changing title because it can affect a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So, um, but with that said, there are companies that will have to help you draft those documents. I, you know, in recording and things like that. So I can give you that referral if needed, but that's probably the most popular question I get asked. And then we can also put this on our, on our show notes like we mentioned and, you know, make sure you, you do follow us on uh, Twitter for sure at Chase and Kyle, and we'll have all the notes there. And if you have any questions uh, for Janique, she has made herself available to answer how many title-related questions you might have. And uh, Janique, what's your email address again? It's Janique, so J-A-N-I-K, the number four, title at gmail.com. That's awesome. You've you've done that. That's that's a great resource. So that's going to do it again for us guys today. Like we mentioned, we want to keep these pretty short and sweet for everybody. We hope you've gotten some valuable information out of this. Make sure to check back next week for new episodes or better yet subscribe to our rss feed or our chase and kyle master the market podcast on itunes and again be sure to follow us on twitter at chase and kyle and facebook and leave us a review on our itunes page we really appreciate your time today next episode we'll be talking about escrow and what happens in escrow we're going to be discussing everything from when your offer gets accepted to when you get your keys Thanks again, everybody. And Janique, thank you so much for your time today. It was really great. And I hope um, everyone found this pretty insightful. Thank you so much for having me. And please share this with your friends and family. And we will talk to you guys again soon. 